This podcast is brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. BankInfoSecurity.com is your source for the news and views shaping security and risk management within the finance space. With WikiLeaks and internal database breaches, more organizations are moving their electronic correspondence and databases to the cloud. But how secure is the cloud? And is cloud computing improving security or creating more challenges for financial institutions? Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. I'm here today with Brian Betcher, Vice President of Information Technology for Altra Federal Credit Union, a La Crosse, Wisconsin-based institution with $700 million in assets. Brian, Altra FCU began exploring a cloud-based model as a way to secure interactions with its members. The credit union routinely exchanges electronic and paper documents, such as account statements and loan applications with its members, which span 17 locations nationwide. What security challenges, Brian, did you face when you made this decision to move to the cloud, and what made moving to the cloud more attractive? Well, first of all, Tracy, uh, thanks very much for the opportunity to speak here today, and, and I'm looking forward to sharing some of our information and some of our experiences with all those who may be listening. Uh, but to answer your question directly, probably the greatest challenge we faced initially with security in the cloud was, was making the entire process seamless. Uh, from our perspective, at least, we didn't want to want to burden our members, especially when we started going out to the members, and we'll talk probably a little bit more about this later uh, as to how we got started. But we didn't want to burden our members or our employees, really, for that matter, with a lot of extra security steps that could make the exchange of information more cumbersome than it needed to be. In today's world of on-demand information and on-demand communications, anything that hinders a smooth experience has a good possibility of getting circumvented. People want to have that that quick exchange and they don't want to have to go through layers necessarily. We didn't want our members or our employees finding creative ways around security in the name of making a process faster. So our challenge was to find a method of communications that added security but didn't add extensive labor. To help our members accept some of the security measures, we explained to them that there are a lot of bad people out there who are very creative in getting and using other people's information. So we explained to our members our desire to keep their information safe and explain a few extra steps, and we request of them to maintain that security. Once we provide the explanation to the members, they're very willing to work with us and tend to be very appreciative of our efforts. So we think we've come up with a good balance between maintaining member security while still providing an intuitive way for us to communicate securely with our members using the cloud, and thus that's gained wide acceptance. Now, we also have the obvious concern about being in the cloud and what will the vendor do with our data and the security of the vendor, uh, say, from a, from a hack. Uh, this would be true of any vendor, though, and so we keep this always uh, in the back of our mind. We, we have to be certain of our vendor security and the dedication that, sec- that vendor has to protecting our data. So those are the, the things that, that we face and the challenges that we face, and, and really everybody is going to face in the cloud. Now, Brian, when did Altra begin exploring the cloud, and how much did you know about cloud computing when you initiated your quest for alternative ways to communicate with your members, which now totals 66,000? Being in the cloud, I guess, first of all, depends upon your definition of what the cloud is. Uh, The cloud actually has been out there by other names and has arguably been around for many, many years, even going back to the 90s and maybe even the 80s. Uh, regardless, I've been an advocate of cloud computing for a long time, and I'm, I'm not really sure how long I've been an advocate or, or how long I've actually thought of the cloud, but it's actually my 
desire to be in the cloud, if you will, started long before the term cloud started becoming a household word. Uh, I used the term back then, web-based environments, and even going way back, um, the, the web really wasn't able to support some of the concepts of today's cloud computing. But long ago, there were some various forays into what could be considered cloud computing. I'll go back to the idea of application service providers or ASPs, but now the concept seems to have gotten the legs it needs to sustain itself. But Ultra has been in the cloud now for a lot of years, not just with our email and communication solutions, but with several of our primary applications. Part of Ultra Federal Credit Union's success has been its different way of thinking regarding technology. And when the concept of cloud computing started becoming viable, Ultra started looking into and taking calculated steps to move that direction. The cloud isn't that panacea, though, and, and I think it will be a long time before the cloud lives up to all the hype. Um, but it is reaching the potential many of us saw on the Internet uh, many years ago. So to better answer your question, Ultra is all about the member experience, and if we can enhance the member experience, all 66, and actually I think we're, we're above 67,000 now, the member experience, uh, if we can enhance that by being in the cloud, then that's where we're going to go. So while we may have taken some cautious steps in the beginning because we didn't want to get caught up in the hype, as long as we have the welfare of our members in the background, then the cloud has its place in our computing environment, and we will continue to augment those solutions as it benefits our members. And you've kind of answered a little bit of my next question, but I'm going to go ahead and position this anyway, Brian, and that was to ask how you have implemented cloud-based communications. Are you giving your members a choice? Do you have special login credentials that go beyond their traditional online login and passwords to get to their online banking accounts? Um, is this kind of a seamless transition for them? Can you explain a little bit about how you've implemented this? Sure. In my opinion, first of all, in any type of relationship, whether it's going to be customer to customer or business to vendor or, in our case, credit union to member, uh, or even social relationships, it's all about communications. And in the case of cloud-based communications, we first need to communicate about how we're going to communicate. Uh, so that becomes the first step. As I mentioned earlier, we explain to our members our desire to keep their information secure. We explain the tools that we have, and, and we explain how they can use them. Uh, we try to make these tools as intuitive as possible and as seamless as possible. And when we communicate with the members, we use secure email as a routine function. But we can't control how the member wishes to communicate with us. So therefore, we give them the choice on how they would like to provide us with information. While our employees, they may cringe at a member communication coming to us, what I'll call in the clear, it is the member's prerogative to use any method of communication that works best for them. We do our best to maintain the security with whatever method they choose, and so if they decide to send us an email with some of their information that we feel might be sensitive in the clear, we will return the information in a secure fashion. We won't necessarily uh, augment it by then replying in the clear as well. So as for our secure mail application, we have the tool seamlessly embedded in our website. So the member or the user doesn't under doesn't necessarily know that they're using a cloud application. Uh, but within the secure email solution is another layer of authentication, which, while intuitive and straightforward, provides excellent back-end security. The, the mail isn't really getting sent. Both the sender and receiver are accessing the email on the same server, and it's over a secure connection. And again, we provide the member the, the support that they need, where we'll uh, walk them through the process if it's needed. 
if they do get stuck, we typically don't just say, go send us this, go out to the website. We'll walk them through it if need be. But in general, though, as I mentioned, our, our members are pretty good at navigating the Internet and are accustomed to the occasional additional security layer, and they, they take it very much in stride. Now, when we talk about security and the security of cloud computing specifically, it's often within the context of internal communications, controlling how internal documents are shared and who can view those internal documents when you're transferring those between executives. But your model seems to be a little bit different, using this cloud to correspond with your members. Can you tell us a little bit about how you've launched the cloud platform, and does it span more than just communications with your members? Are you using the cloud for more than what we've talked about so far this morning? Uh, yes, yes, we are. And actually, we started our secure communications, uh, as you mentioned, uh, that a lot of companies do that now internally. And, and that's how we started as well, using just our employees. And this was, was many years ago. I, I think it was 2002, maybe 2003. And so in the beginning, we felt it would be the communications between our employees regarding member information that could be a potential exposure. So we wanted to have that secure information. But once we recognized that secure email wasn't just for employees, but should be extended to everyone, including member information being sent from outside our four walls, uh, we expanded the offering then to include the membership. We also used the cloud for other applications, including to a degree our core processor. Uh, while there are many applications we could potentially develop in-house, I've always been inclined to question whether we can do it better in-house than in the cloud. The example I use is if a cloud vendor has 150 software developers in-house, that's an awful lot of developers that I don't need to hire. And, and we can talk about that a little bit more later. But there seems to be a happy medium between having applications in-house and having them in the cloud. And in some cases, cloud vendors can provide a much more robust solution with greater features and functions, plus bringing the economies of scale than we could ever do effectively in-house. There's also times where you want to do things in-house, but to bring those economies of scale and, and the features that the cloud vendors can bring to the table, that's why we're looking at more and we have more cloud applications out there. And we've also found that the cloud gives us that competitive advantage, and that's, again, one of the reasons why we have more applications out there and are expanding our cloud applications. And when we talk about cost savings and staff time reductions, how long did it take you to realize those savings? Well, let's see. The, the, I mentioned this earlier. The biggest cost savings to Ultra has probably been the economies of scale that the, the, the cloud computing brings to the table. And I think, uh, in general, Ultra leverages t uh, technology very, very successfully. But to leverage all the technology we use, we would need to have a significantly larger staff in IT. And managing all the different technology solutions with internal staff would just simply be daunting. So there's there's a twofold there. And I was going to ask about security and fraud prevention and how you've measured improvements in those areas. And it sounds like you've answered that question, just basically improving the relationship that you have with your members. Uh, that's right. For us, it's it's uh, again, it's it's that difficult thing to measure, and especially it's difficult to measure what you may have prevented. Uh, you know, something that the member thought about, something that we told them, and so, oh wait, I'm not going to give that information. But with the focus we put on member information security and the extra steps we take, we know that we've, we've, we've greatly reduced the risk to the members compared to just communications in the clears. But aside from cloud computing, we also have a training organization that provides information to our members on a regular basis regarding member security too. So again, it's part of our overall culture of protecting member information and security. 
Now, you've noted this, Brian, and I'm going to go ahead and take us back for a moment to highlight some of this. But being a smaller institution, you look to cloud as offering an opportunity for growth. Um, but your position is somewhat unique, and that is because your membership spans a relatively large geographic area. Would you agree and would you say that there are certain situations for which working in the cloud might not be appropriate and it might not be appropriate for all financial institutions? Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, the cloud's not a panacea, but the cloud offers solutions for ultra at least that might be difficult for us to provide without the economies that the cloud offers. Uh, nonetheless, there are solutions where a move to the cloud may not be the best solution for uh, a given organization. Uh, one thing that, that Ultra uh, has to be constantly cognizant of is having too many disparate solutions in the cloud because that can potentially become a coordination and licensing problem. Keeping all the applications straight, uh, let's see, knowing which vendor does what, how each vendor interfaces to the internal network of an organization, what business unit is hanging a cloud application off the network? What business unit has responsibility? Uh, for that matter, even you know, what applications are out there? IT doesn't necessarily know that an application is out there. Uh, uh, it's, it's possible for a business unit to simply sign a contract for a cloud application thinking that uh, it's just an Internet application. IT doesn't need to be involved. And there are situations where that's not exactly true. So uh, all things need to be considered. And we can come back to that discussion here in a bit, but uh, cost also has to be considered. There are some cloud solutions, uh, a few that Ultra has decided to not pursue, where it simply wasn't cost effective for us to move to the cloud from our current solution. And the solution also didn't offer us the flexibility that we would need. Uh, the example being our disaster recovery solution, our business continuity. We looked into several cloud solutions, and with respect to what we wanted to accomplish and what the cloud vendors in the BCP, uh, the business continuity uh, planning and the disaster recovery planning arenas that we looked into, they simply didn't provide us with the flexibility that we would need, and they didn't provide us with a cost-effective solution. And that was probably the biggest factor was the, the cost-effectiveness of it. And what advice could you offer to other institutions, Brian, of your size that might be considering a similar move to the cloud? What would you say are the top three to five considerations? Well, I would think that the, the first thing for me would be uh, being in IT, you know, technology is cool. And so, but I, I don't necessarily jump on the cloud bandwagon just because it's the cool place to be. Make sure of the underlying goals. And what I would say from that is, specifically define what problem you are trying to solve and then compare all of your options against that. So that would be one. Uh, the other would obviously be verifying your security. Be certain of the vendor's ability to secure your information and, and make sure that your information above all else is, is not going to be divulged. Uh, and regardless of the security, make sure that the vendor can provide what they say they can provide. Are the options and functions they say they're going to have, are they true for everybody in everybody's environment or are they you know, the, you need the right phase of the moon with the wind behind your back and, and all things pointing north in order for this particular feature to work. So you have to make sure that the features that they're offering are going to actually work in your environment. Definitely do as detailed a cost analysis as you can. Sometimes the cloud is not as cost effective as it may seem, uh, even including the cost of additional bandwidth or dedicated internet connections into those calculations. Uh, headcount to support, uh, headcount to administer the applications, all those things would have to be considered. 
Um, the other would be, uh, the fourth one would be, as best you can, don't let the cloud solution become a single point of failure that you can't control. All things man-made tend to fail, and in a cloud, that's, that's no except, uh, there's, there's no exception to that as well. If at all possible, investigate workarounds, look at fallback solutions, and uh, just in case that primary provider isn't there. And the last one would be, uh, if the cloud solution will be one of your organization's primary applications, be, be sure the cloud vendor can integrate into your environment. Uh, don't see if you have to change your business practices to make that cloud solution work for you, or can you maintain your business practices and does it fit seamlessly or does it integrate well into your environment so that you can maintain your current business practices? Because changing business practices can have a domino effect down the chain in your in your works workflow. So there are several more considerations, you know, possibly like duplication of cloud solutions and such that we could discuss, but I would say those would be my top five. And finally, Brian, before we close, could you tell us a bit about your service agreements? Once you move into the cloud, is there no going back? How flexible can and should institutions ensure that their contracts with vendors who are pushing cloud solutions are before they actually sign on the dotted line? Yeah, that becomes a real, that can be a slippery slope because, well, let me, let me give you some of my philosophy on this. Uh, putting your, your computing in the cloud implies trust, including the trust that your data will always be your data. And it can be easy to get into a cloud application, but depending on the application, it might be difficult to unhook. So you have to keep that in consideration when you're signing those contracts. And this unhooking come, could really come in two forms. You could unhook your data from the cloud and unhooking your organization from the contract. Uh, we've been fortunate with Ultra and our cloud applications that our cloud contracts uh, they haven't had, we haven't really had a reason to unhook from the cloud, but nonetheless, anyone looking to add a cloud vendor or to take that leap into the cloud should consider what happens down the road if you want to make some kind of a change. I can think of, of one of the, of a previous uh, company that I was working for where they just did not feel that they could trust their, their data with another company, and that is something of your culture that you have to ask yourself. I look at our, so this is my philosophical view, I look at our, at our cloud vendors as extensions of our internal network, and in some cases as extensions of our internal staff. Using a cloud solution for us is similar to providing an in-house solution. It can be just as difficult replacing an in-house solution as it can be changing a cloud solution. So going back from the cloud, while that can be difficult, but in my opinion, it's not necessarily more difficult than if the solution were completely in-house. Make sure your cloud vendor is viable in the long term. I'd like to thank you again for your time today, Brian. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate the time to uh, offer some opinions and offer some experiences, and uh, I've enjoyed having the opportunity. Again, we've just heard from Brian Betcher of Ultra FCU, based in La Crosse, Wisconsin. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitt. This podcast has been brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.bankinfosecurity.com.